Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, no, none of the people who do the tech stuff are here. So here's the intro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny no. Games Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes, thirty under thirty, aka the OK Beast, aka the Future Classic Gaming Blessing, Addy Oye Junior. Was that the right theme song? That. Ble- that I couldn't tell what that was from that That's the GamesCast the game, theme, theme that, song. That has not been the GamesCast intro for no less than no! like three or four years. You did that the is, old one. That's okay. the old one. That explains because I was like, that's no, true. that's right. But I was like, no, that's not right. That's our jingle for. Yeah. That's every fucking song. And Jared comes by and Andrea comes by. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 2018 all over again. He's a Hispanic heartthrob, Texas treat. Hispanic heartthrob, Texas treat. Clicking heads. Globe trotting. It's 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 been a day over here, ladies and gentlemen. Shreds. It's been a fucking day over here, everybody. It's oh Andy Cortez. Hey, Andy. I, it's just what a disaster. Everything's working fine, and then a thing blows up, and then everything. I'm like, I'm at the point where I was like, should I just, if I just leave the call right now, how will Greg and Blessing react? Like, if I just go for a walk, I need to get the fuck out. I was so frustrated. So if you and are Greg, watching Greg's live clutch. on, if you're a trog watching live on Patreon. Uh, dot com slash kind of funny games as you can we are what about 30 minutes late <laughs> sorry i guess no actually we're 40 minutes late jesus christ yeah. uh and then if you're watching on youtube you'll notice that yeah there's a ghostbusters background because i couldn't download the games cast background in time and andy is just the best image of andy i could find on google uh because andy's camera wasn't working because andy was gonna so kevin is off on assignment barrett is off in hawaii uh, Tim is off doing other things. And so we're like, we got this. And so Andy was going to, I was going to lead the show and Andy was going to run the show. And then Andy turned on his computer and just smoke poured out of it as happens a lot of times with things that aren't the steam deck. And I, yeah, I, I don't know, Greg. Cause like, here's the thing. I've been running every other show completely fine. Yeah. And I opened the thing up and the program has reset everything to default. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I reinstall and then everything's just screwed up. And it's, I was really looking forward to it. Cause I've never got, I've never been able to run Gamescast. I've been able to run in review and podcast sure. a whole bunch, but Gamescast, I was so excited. I had the B-roll screen up and ready, and it's just, it's just not going to work. I know, out. I know this is toxic, but you know they call me, they call me toxic. They poppy call you toxic the poppy. They do. Part of me was hoping, like a little bit hoping, that I would see my first like work breakdown between greg and andy both like for me just like sitting here silently for 30 minutes watching these men just struggle to figure out how to put the show together because andy's dealing with his own issues greg's dealing with his own issues and they're like we're getting 30 minutes in i was like somebody's gonna fucking break their desk with their fists at some point i will not lie to you well between at least four reinstalls of wavelink and five (laughs) reinstalls of obs I heard Greg building the show because he is absolutely clutch. And I hear him building the show, Blessing, and I kind of – I can't see him because I don't have Discord up, but I can hear him. And I'm like, 
oh man is he about to cry i was really worried because like, <laughs> it's happened to greg before and like i'm not it trying happened to, like, to greg in 2015 greg. all right three weeks okay. into kind but, of funny know, i mean you know but you have a kid now you have so many extra stresses in your life sure. and i'm like oh man i'm putting this on greg it's right also been now. a long day like we're all tired yeah we've all you know nintendo decided to do a direct at 6 a.m yeah and who does that yeah and greg don't get me started best buy was like uh, uh mr cortez will be at your house uh between 7 30 a.m and 11 30 a.m to fix your tv and i'm like hell yeah after the direct they'll be here like they're always here they're always here like 20 minutes early that motherfuckers get here like at 10 58 oh god and i i'm just i could have slept the whole time i could have been napping ah it's just been a day dude it's been a day ladies and gentlemen but we still have quite the kind of funny games cast for you if you didn't know each and every week four sometimes three best friends gather on this table coming to talk about all the things they like don't like love whatever in the video game universe it's reviews it's previews it's topics of the show that's the kind of funny games cast and if it sounds exciting to you head on over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you could be watching the show live just like Rowley is, James Moore, and Jeff L. If you're watching live, you don't have a special job except to comment and talk to each other. Maybe I read them here. Of course, if you wanted to watch later, not when we're recording, get a full day before everybody else, you could get it on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames without the ads. You could get it with the post show. You have a good time. Patreon's got exclusive content and all sorts of bonuses for you for this show and every other Kind of Funny show we do. However, if you wanted to save a buck, no big deal. There's a bunch of free ways to support Kind of Funny. First and foremost, you should be using the epic creator code Kind of Funny. If you are on the epic game store you should use the creator code kind of funny uh, if you're on fortnite buying v bucks on your playstation or wherever use epic uh, creator code kind of funny it gets us some money it doesn't cost you any more and it's a great deal However, if you want to support this show specifically, of course, you can get on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every week. Of course, you wouldn't get any of the Patreon benefits. You'd have to listen to ads. You'd have to to not have the post show in your life, not get to play Bless Who, not get to have a great time, but you still have a hell of a show. You know what I mean? Just like you're having right now, no matter what, with the Ghostbusters background. Will it burn into your TV? I hope not. I thought about that, but at that point, we were too far gone, Bless. We were too far gone, because the game's cast background so we have usually a, what do you moves. Mean, what do you mean, Ghostbusters? Because right now, I, I don't know what the screen looks like. Don't worry, it it. From Ghostbusters <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what's happening on this. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Ghostbusters? <laughs> you know what? Bless it was a slip of the tongue. I always got Ghostbusters on the brain. Yeah. December twenty twenty three. New movies coming out. You coming with me? You coming with me? Don't worry about it. You'll be suited. I, up. It'll be I don't think I am. Housekeeping <laughs> uh, for you. We're streaming Outriders World Slayer, the brand new stuff from Outriders on Friday as part of a sponsored stream. Come hang out with Mike, myself, and Blessing as we tear apart new enemies in a new environment. It'll be live after Kind of Funny Games Daily on Friday on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. And if you miss it or listen to this after that Friday, guess what? You didn't miss it. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Our newest YouTube channel has all the Twitch archives up for your perusal on demand. So get over there and check it out. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Gordon McGuire and Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by Athletic Greens, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be topic of the show. Gentlemen, I have a question for you. Of course, Tim Geddes is gone, which means we can finally remove the cancer that is his Nintendo bias and have a real conversation. Wow. And so, blessing. You woke up at the crack of dawn today, 6 a.m. Yes. You said, what does Nintendo have for me in this third-party direct? And you got, of course, the Personas coming. Persona 5, Persona 4, Golden, and Persona 3 Portable all coming to Switch. Great news. You got Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. You get Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope. You get Portal Commandia Collection. Nier Automata, which I know you're going to be all about, right? Uh, Harvestella. The list goes on like this. 
But as I look through this this morning with my cup of coffee, right? And I was actually up 30 minutes before this. I woke up at, you know, uh, ben, Ugh. I got a kid. It's, it's, it's the, the life you lead now. You know I mean? And I looked at it and I saw, and I was like, oh man, like, I, I forgot that it even happened yet. Uh, Nibel was starting to, I guess I, I must have, I got up early and then saw it at six. And I was like, oh man, here it goes. And Nibel's already is going. Ben, is Ben the, the one posting leaks? He might be, because he definitely doesn't know what he's talking about. You know what I mean? And some of these leakers definitely don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, But as I look through this, I was like, oh, these are nice announcements. Will this, you know, I've been waiting. I, You know, Persona 5 just hasn't clicked for me the way Persona 4 Golden did. Barrett has this whole theory, which I get behind too, that it hasn't been portable before. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe Switch would be the thing. But then I was like, oh, well, it's coming to Steam Deck as well at that point. Why would I, you know, and it just started rattling. And I got to the question of, am I, and I'll ask it to you, are you still in love with the Nintendo Switch. Who in love? Yeah. It's a tough no. question. It's a big question. You got to come up with your own answer. No. I am not, Greg. Okay. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I would be more in love if I think first parties are going to be the only thing that bring me back to love because of how my gaming landscape has changed because I've sure. moved towards primarily towards PC gaming. Mm-hmm. I never really portably played anyway. And now that we have been home for the past three years or whatever, I have played portably even less now. And so everything is just sort of like if there's a game that's out, I'm going to play it on PC because that's the easiest way for me to stream it and for it to look the highest quality. I'm not going to stream a Switch game. It's going to look like Garbo. It's going to run like Garbo. I'll play and view the better version of it. Um, And I think the only thing that can get me excited is hey, there's a leak of a new Mario game or sure. there's a new Donkey Kong or Metroid Prime 4. Like, yeah. the first parties are the only thing that's going to bring me back because because of my gaming habits, the third-party landscape is ruled by my Xbox, my PS5, and my PC. I'm the same way. Yeah, I'll say right now, uh, the Steam Deck kind of owns me for indies. And I'm kind of with Andy that I am not in love with my Switch anymore in the way that I was in love in 2017 and 2018. Um, and I know for a lot of people that even extended into 2019 with, with uh, the the game output they're putting they're putting out in that year too. I don't know. For me, I've not been attached to my Switch the way I was attached to it in the last probably two or three years. And I think that comes back to what the first party output mm-hmm. has been. And I think that the thing for me is when I say I'm out of love, it doesn't it doesn't mean I can't be in love again. I just think I'll have to get a I'll have to get that repeated uh output of like big switch first party stuff that excites me i think by the time breath of wild 2 comes through maybe that'll be the the big thing that loops me back in again i tossed this out on twitter i said hey are are you still in love with your nintendo switch why or why not i got a million responses thank you all so much for your time uh echoing kind of what you're saying right there bless is mario not bros who said i'm on this cycle where i don't touch it for a month or two and then get then get a game there and fall in love with the magic of the switch all over again and i think that's part of where I'm at with it is that I definitely, I love the Nintendo Switch, but I don't think I'm in love with the Nintendo Switch currently. Like, I don't use my Switch currently. And that's a me problem, but this is a me question, right? It's everybody, I don't think anybody's wrong with how they answer it. And for me, the Nintendo Switch was my, oh, I'm going on a work trip. I'm going, I'm going away. I'm going to be on the road for a while here. What am I playing and what am I doing? And I'm consuming the indies there and I'm going through and yet, and 
with 2020 derailing travel and the world we knew and completely re change, you know, reforming how I do my job and what I do, since I don't do that, I just don't use my Switch. Like Animal Crossing obviously was a special period of my life because I love the Switch. I love Animal Crossing. And to have it there in this part where Animal Crossing was just the biggest thing in the world, right? Fuck yeah, that was awesome and amazing. And it was, you know, sitting there while Jen put on some show she liked, but I didn't care that much for and playing my Switch and hanging out with it. And actually the show she put on during pandemic, one of the many, obviously, during pandemic, but at the Animal Crossing thing was Alone, which is that wilderness survival show, which she fell in love with and like watched whatever, six seasons of it next to me. And I was, you know, tinkering with Animal Crossing and she would be too. And Lucy would come out because we were still living her at the time and she'd play on Animal Crossing. But what I find now, like right now we're doing, she's, there's a new season or two of Alone or whatever. And so she started watching that again. And not once have I been, oh, I should go pick up my Switch. It's been, oh, I'm going to remote play with my backbone and my phone. I'm going to play uh, remote play Aww. PlayStation. I'm going to use Xbox Game Pass. I'm going to go get those kind of experiences there. And even where like, the Switch was my indie machine for so long. I, now I find myself, maybe it's because I'm busier with Ben or in work and everything else, but waiting for them to come to PlayStation, waiting for them to come somewhere that is going to be, I don't know, better for me. Like even in that works a little bit with Xbox where I keep talking about Moon Glow Bay and how much I loved playing that game, but how much even playing it, I was like, this needs to be on the Switch. But it is on remote play. I just don't want to play it on that small of a screen. And now I'm going to play it on Steam Deck when I get my Steam Deck this week. Like Greg. Yeah. Do you think this is like a Toy Story like situation where your your Switch is alive, right? It's it's there with Woody oh, no. and Buzz and sure. all the toys, and your Switch is like, oh, they're watching Alone again. I'm gonna get used, and then you <laughs> and you just don't use it. That's so heartbreaking to me, Greg. That, that I, you conditioned your your Switch to be. Like it's gonna get some playtime, and then it just sits on the bench. If it's you so want, sad. I mean, even more heartbreaking in that scenario is the fact that my Switch, of course, I bought the OLED Switch, right? And so my original Switch, my launch model, is just in the you know island of misfit tech in the other room, in the shelves that's just been sitting sitting there collecting dust. And then I have the OLED Switch, which in all, I am a stranger to. You know, this thing came mm. out in October, and my son was born on the 8th of October. <laughs> I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck are you? I, I, like, <laughs> I, have, I have put no time into any... I mean, there's nothing I've seriously played on the OLED Switch. Because it was like, it dropped, and it was like, oh, well, Dread comes out. And then people are like, oh, man, Dread's really one of those like punishing uh, Metroidvania. Like, oh, I don't want to play that. Like, oh, that's not something I want to get into. And then there's been a few other things where it's just then like, I'll turn it on and tinker with it and put it down. And like, you know, I, I wanted to do Monster Hunter the other day. And like, I took it to uh, Quebec with me. I was up in Canada and I was playing uh, uh, the big con on it. And I was like, all right, yeah, like it's whatever. But I find myself constantly downloading things to it. Like I got, you know, live a live the demo, right? Or live alive, whatever the hell it is. Oh yeah, I need to download that. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm interested to try that. I hope it gets it, its hooks in me and I'm totally committed. But even um, Project Triangle Strat or Pro Triangle Strategy, Octopath, right? Yeah. Like I had been so stoked. I loved Octopath. I played so many hours of Octopath on my original Switch. You know, when I got that on to this and started playing with it, it was like, oh man, like I am just not into this kind of RPG with the grid based combat. And like the thing. And so it's like, just, uh, I turned it off. I was like, damn it. I, I, I want to find something to get enraptured with on switch again and be sucked into the switch ecosystem because i'm similar to what mario was talking about what you were talking about bless there's when a game comes along that i'm like fuck yeah i'm all about it but otherwise i just feel this thing's 
sitting around. Do you feel how much of that do you put on you, and how much of that do you put on the Switch? Because I know when we were, when we we're talking about the last twelve months or so, or even the last six months of the Switch, we're talking about Metroid Dread, which was a Game of the Year contender. Sure. We're talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus, which was huge for a lot of people. We're also talking about Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which was sure. huge for a lot of people as well. Not even put up there as like a Game of the Year contender. Uh, and I know probably any all three of those games. I don't know if any of those speak to Greg. And even for me, right, like, I really liked Kirby, and, like, I tried out Pokemon, thought I was going to be more into it, dropped off of it. And Metroid Dread, I thought was cool. I enjoyed that as well. But even even those, for me, I don't look at those as the, oh, this is the peak of the Switch experience here. Like, I still go back to, oh, man, not 2017 was where it's at, because yeah. it was, here's Breath of the Wild 2, here's ARMS that I played for a day, here's Splatoon uh, 2 for the Dude, people that love Splatoon. people were convincing themselves left and fucking right back in the day in 2017 that ARMS was the shit. I was, I was, was so that? hyped about That's ARMS. Crazy. I was hyped about yeah, ARMS. Who, was, who were those people? But, like, you then also had, uh, other, like, a bunch of indie stuff, too, right? You had sure. Golf Story. You had, um, I think I said Mario Odyssey, right? But as the years goes on, I have those games that I associate with with Switch. You have Celeste come out in, in, I believe, 2018, come through and make a big impact. And for me, that was a Switch game. And 2019, I think 2019 was big for me in the Switch because that was a, there was a stretch of Devolver Digital games that were coming out and were fucking Ape just out. killing it. Yeah, it was Ape Out. It was that followed by Katana Zero, followed by Gato Roboto, followed by my friend Pedro. And I think before, right before Ape Out actually was Gree or Grease or Chris, whatever you want to call it. Right. Like it was game for game for game for game coming out from Devolver Digital and all of them were on the Switch. And I played all of them there because like you, the Switch was my indie machine. And as time has gone and I don't know what I don't know what's shifted because even now, even before the Steam Deck. I don't think I was using my Switch as the as my indie machine because as I go go back, the latest games I've been playing on this thing right have been Ring Fit that I put probably about fifteen to twenty hours into. I downloaded Umarangi Generation, did not touch it on the Switch. Um, I go back to Kirby, and then it is like Sonic Mania and Just Shapes and Beats, right? Like I've barely touched this thing in twenty twenty two, and I don't like I, I. It's hard for me to pin down whether that's the Switch's fault or whether that's my fault in like how I like. I guess the games just haven't spoken to me as much as they have in the past there. It, it's a number of things for me where it has, I, like I mentioned earlier, I need the big first party Nintendo title or the third party exclusive, um, like like the Bayonetta or some sort of title like that where you have a, a, a highly regarded studio that is making mm. a Switch exclusive. Like an Astro um, Chain. Like, yeah, like an astral chain or um, I mean, that's really all I can think of at this point. <laughs> uh, but uh, but like it also has to sort of be a game for me and my tastes where I think it would live better in a portable form if I had that, you know, if I needed to be in that situation. So like um, if Loop Hero first came to Switch and PC, I would have gotten it on Switch. Because that's a game that I do want to play in bed. Inscription, if Inscription came to Switch, mm -hmm. I'd be playing that on Switch as opposed to PC because I just feel like it's kind of meant for that experience. But anything else, I, I'm willing to, uh, you know, forego the portability aspect because I just don't utilize that stuff. And games like Loop Hero and games like Inscription are games that I don't necessarily care about visual fidelity. I'll fucking... I'll, play it on a on an apple watch because it's just i don't need it to look great and super clear it just has such a great sort of handheld uh it, it just i don't know lends itself to that form a little bit more but for you all what like what would have to be the title for y'all to say okay i am getting this on switch as opposed to 
the Steam Deck or my PS5 or my Xbox or whatever. That's the tough thing for me now is I don't know what that title is. You know, I think for when uh, when I think of indie games coming up for the Switch, the one big one that I've been waiting on forever at this point has been Sports Story. And I've been considering that as, oh, that is going to be a Switch game for me because I love Golf Story so much on the Switch. But I, I, I assume, I've not double-checked, but I assume that's coming to PC as well. And now that I have the Steam Deck, the Steam Deck has killed uh my indie hunger on the switch so much where i go through i pick up my steam deck right and i've organized my library by um uh by time played or not even by time played but like by the latest games i played on my steam deck and i go through it and it is the cult of the land preview that i've been doing oh, yeah. uh tales of arise neon white right which i put a, a large amount of time into the Solaco demo uh, agent 64 spies never die these are all demos from this the steam next fest melatonin uh anger Flit, and then it is fire girl the actual like f- the full game there I been playing a leckhead card shark and the list goes on and a lot of these games are getting played by me on pc slash steam deck because these games oftentimes come to pc first and i think for me the big barrier to getting full full on into the pc ecosystem has been a couple of things i think part of it is just the way i associate pc with every other aspect of life i don't want to like sit here and do my day job and then like you know, uh, log off for the day and then log into a game on another yeah, tab 100%. and continue playing because it's nice to have the separation from uh, my PC. And then I think also, you know, I'm not a mouse and keyboard person, at least yet. I'm trying to get there, Andy, but like I'm not at that. I'm Don't not give at that in, place Wes. Yet. Don't give in. Oh, but people get so good at shooters on mouse and keyboard. I feel like it's kind of necessary. I mean, uh, you see me probably you see me getting PBs and world records in neon light. That's the thing is, yeah, I've seen I've seen Andy's neon light gameplay, and I, I want to remember though, Andy for you know the last 50 minutes hasn't been able to turn on his PC, so just heads up. I mean, that is also a very fair point. But the Steam Deck comes comes through, and great point, it, yeah. it is I I, I described it uh, to you before the show, Greg, as the separation of church and state. Yeah, where I am playing games on my Steam Deck, it is a video game device. Like, of course, it is a PC as well, but I am here for the video games. And so I log off on my computer at the end of the day, uh, sit on my bed or sit in the living room or sit wherever and play games that not only um, are handheld and portable like a Switch, but also look crisp. You know, like the Switch also has that just built in thing of it is not as powerful as these other consoles that have come out. And so I after years at this point of playing a PS5 or playing the Xbox Series X and seeing games run in performance mode with uh, character models that look crisp with frame rates that are smooth. I go back to this to the Switch. I boot up Pokemon Legends Arceus and I go, yuck, <laughs> like, oh, this looks gross. Get this out of my face. Like, this looks disgusting. Um, and like, you know, that I is that it's not the end all be all necessarily, but it is. I think a lot of chip damage toward sure. me excitement. choosing, yeah, my excitement, me me wanting to lean toward the Steam Deck experience or the PC experience or the PS5 experience as opposed to my Switch and, for indie games at least. And one of the things that happened here in the live chat on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games was Alex G3B who said when I was talking about like, oh, you know, the Switch, I'm just not motivated. And yada, yada, yada. Uh, this is totally going to be Greg talking about his Steam Deck when he gets it, lol. And, uh, you know, I understand or whatever. And to put all the Greg character aside and about the Steam Deck and leaving it, yada, yada. I really am going to be fascinated because I don't think it will be. Like, I really do think the Steam Deck and exactly what you're talking about, Bless, is such an easy access. And I don't think people understand the amount of Steam keys we get on a given day about all sorts of different indies and all sorts of different games. I really do feel that with the Steam Deck, I'm going to be redeeming these things and while jen does whatever or while you know the while you know jen's watching a show i don't care about or putting benjamin down but i'm just sitting upstairs like i do feel like i'm way more inclined to pop on and do that and play that and again when i'm referencing that like i'm thinking right now specifically you can put aside the which is a true thing of how much i want to play sega master system ghostbusters again but moon glow bay where it's like technically 
what is stopping me from Jen's doing whatever and putting Ben down or watching a show and me popping onto Remote Play or XCloud or whatever and playing Moon Glow Play that way, right? It's the size of my screen on my phone. You know what I mean? My phone obviously is not nearly as big as the Steam Deck's gonna be. And like, there's those little quality of life things and not to mention the fact that it's natively running on the device rather than having to, there's a bunch of timing stuff, which I'm sure isn't bad, latency isn't bad on either Remote Play or uh, Cloud. But I just don't actually see it being the same conversation. And I, I mean, I, I'm, let's be frank, right? I mean, I'm Greg Miller and I've been covering PlayStation for 15 years, right? Like, I'm not going to wake up with the Steam Deck and be like, you know what? I'm done with trophies and I'm done with trying to, like, I'm still going to probably request every third-party game I can get on PlayStation. But I feel like I'll be using Steam Deck way more for discovery in a way that, you know, Nintendo isn't, like... There's so much wrapped up in this. And what right Nintendo don't. So much wrapped up in this and the fact that, like, you know, you mentioned Kirby, uh, Pokemon, and Metroid, mm-hmm. right? And how those yeah. are, you know, for many people, were game of the year contenders last year and really didn't move the needle for me for multiple reasons. I guess Pokemon was this year, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. it's the idea that there's so much still wrapped up in the fact that, like, I know it sounds weird, but I'm a Sega kid. And that's not the fanboyism of it. It's the, I have no nostalgia for any of that. It does that, you know what I mean? Like, I have no, I didn't play a Metroid game until I was probably at, oh, I watched Metroid Prime on, in college on a GameCube, right? But I, I didn't, I don't, I don't have a soft spot for Kirby or for Metroid or for whatever. For, you know, Smash and Kart, for sure. And those are like, you know, tentpole Nintendo things. But in general, when I look at a, a Dread and I hear like, oh, it's just, it, it just doesn't sound like something I want to play. It's not that I want to get into it just because it's Nintendo. And like Kirby, oh, well, it's cute and it's ingenious and it's kind of like Mario Odyssey. And it's like, well, but it's not Mario Odyssey. Like I, I, I like Mario. I don't know who it's this. Better Kirby, than Mario I don't know Odyssey. Kirby is. Yeah. Like you know, there's, I and I hear that and I understand that. But there's also then the part of the job is like, well, there's enough people championing that I don't need to go out and like know that. Blah blah. It's like, the Nintendo Switch is still going to be this Nintendo thing to me that and like I just am not a Nintendo person as much as I've tried. Whether it was you know falling in love with Super Mario World or loving my NES or having a pl- bunch of great stuff on GameCube and playing the Wii and yeah, it's just. I've never crossed over through that looking glass where I'm like, I, I always feel like an outsider watching Nintendo Direct. And I don't know why. And I think some of it is, is like, and this is like a broader conversation, but I'm enjoying this therapy session with y'all, is the but fact yeah, that like, great. you know, yeah. I'm really not, I'm, I really don't, I usually don't vibe with Japanese games, right? Like, I mean, you look at my history of and like the fact that I just have tried Persona 5 over and over again. And I love Persona 4 Golden. I loved Persona 3, but it's just like, I cannot do the turn-based system. I cannot do that. And yes, there are a million exceptions. I loved Monster Hunter World, and the list goes on. Yeah, like you that. like Kojima games. Exactly. I'm not saying it's like clearly this, but it is that thing of like, well, there's Xenoblade, and then there's this. And even like, you know, bless at Summer Game Fest, we went and did Soul Hackers too. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this seems cool. And then we got into the turn-based, and I'm like, Ugh. like, I want to code for it, and I want to try, and I'm always hopeful that it'll be, again, an exception to the rule, that that'll be what hooks me, wants me want, makes me want to play it. But, like, I still feel like I'd rather go play Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, right? And, and enjoy that kind of gameplay and that Western kind of RPG than that, if that makes sense. And like, No, because you have, you have good taste, Greg. Or, yeah, you know, like, uh, you don't... Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, Andy. Okay, well, yeah. well I, 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 the, the Japanese games are great. You know, right, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, yeah, he's my, like, who's my ally A full here, stop right? to really... Anthony Corbett yeah. says, Greg, ne- Greg needs to play Yakuza. Anthony, IGN.com. Go check out my, like, four fucking Yakuza reviews. I've played Yakuza. I'm glad you all caught up and like it. I've had enough Yakuza because the games are all the same, and I've, i I got to push away from the fucking bell, the bar at some point. Let me um, uh, 
this has been a great therapy session, Greg. Um, but I totally agree with you when it comes to turn-based stuff. Um, I wish I, I could uh, get into it. God, I wish. I, and like again, Octopath. Yeah, you I guys fucking love Octopath. Like, up to the play, y'all. You know, like it, there's some, some like, good-ass turn-based games like, out there. Here's the thing, Bless. It's like you know, I'm I'm you know preaching and I'm like just speaking gospel to people about that. Like, yes, you know, we don't need uh fucking the Star Wars game by Aspire. What the hell am I talking about? Um, Kotor. The remake. Kotor. Kotor remake? We don't. Kotor need needs Kotor? to be a real time combat game. Oh, it okay. does not need to be a turn based mm. game. Nobody wants to wield a like. Nobody likes Kotor because of its turn-based combat they love it because of the story and everybody who says that like oh you would change the way the game operates and uh, no nobody and, like, you didn't like kotor for the turn-based combat let's be real you liked it for the decisions and the story and the twists and turns and all that shit i just wanted to get that out of the way greg i don't i've never given a shit about this man kirby this game is amazing yeah. kirby is amazing dude having just beat it over the weekend it like it blew me away in so many different ways that I never thought this fucking little dude could blow me away and suck me in suck, as he well. He blows and sucks He's, you away. He sucked me into an experience and he blew me away with it. Um, wow, yeah. I, Kirby like shot up crazy in my game of the year type stuff. Like I was not expecting it to be there and the level of hype it brought, the level of fun with these boss fights that I was not expecting to have really any level of uh you know n needing dexterity or like quick reactions and shit some of the boss fights are so damn creative the game is endlessly fun and just a joy and goddamn tim was right tim was that's right. such an energy yeah and i'm like i'm right there with you andy though like i think kirby is incredible i will say i don't i i don't know if kirby is for greg like knowing greg's taste now like podcasting with greg for multiple years now i don't know if kirby is a game that I would recommend to Greg Miller. I and think I, there's a chance Greg plays it and likes it, but I wouldn't be like, Greg, you're the one that needs to play this Kirby game. Yeah, for sure. And for it's sure. part of the, again, like why I just don't feel like I'm in, in love with the Switch. I definitely love it and I definitely respect it and I've enjoyed my time with it. I'm not at all bashing it, right? But I've always said on podcasts and, and I mean for years and gotten grief for it, right? Is like Nintendo makes toys. And I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean their games are meant to inspire joy and be fun and you get in there and you play with the toys in the world and you do your thing, right? But I just, that's so, that's not what I usually want from a game. Like I want my games to be fun, don't get me wrong, and enjoyable, but like I want the story. I, you know, it's the joke, Andy, you know, like, well, well, you know, is it, does, does she have an estranged father? Does this, is this main <laughs> character going through puberty? Is there like some kind of life-changing narrative wrapped around them or whatever to where just having a cool boss fight it, it's what I always talk about of like if gaming had never really changed from the 8-bit era, right? I wouldn't like games. I wouldn't be who I am. And I know that's I think I, I'm boiling something down, but I'm trying to make a point, right? That like while gameplay is king, it can't just be the like Metroidvania. The end all be all. Go do this thing. Point, you know, start at one side of the screen, get to the other. Like it's the reason like I look at Cuphead and I'm like Cuphead is gorgeous. Not even the hardness of Cuphead. It's the design of Cuphead of playing through a level, dying halfway, having to go back and restart and do it all over again. That kind of shit drives me mad to where you have to memorize like where an enemy's going to be and do it. And then you, you beat that screen, you get to the next screen and there's another thing to learn and you go back and you have to do it over and over again and commit that to memory and muscle memory. I'm like, I get why people love that. It's just not why I like games. Yeah, you know, and when I, people say that kind of funny that we're all just an echo chamber. We have all the same opinions. We clearly don't. We have such a wide breadth of like, you know, blessing. He's into the, you know, 
half naked women and stuff he... in games and and <laughs> what is what is that what does that happen are you talking about near automata that, that game has, first of all that game has one of the best stories that's better than any of the stories that greg miller's out here playing you know life is strange actually i love life is strange but... oh yeah don't come on don't, <laughs> yeah, we're I'm having a nice therapy session don't, don't come throw shots at me <laughs> but no to actually loop it back around because you know i was actually gonna make a similar point that andy's making right now the fact that you know i think people come to games for such one, people come to games for different things, but also I think different design ethos talk, speak to different people in different ways, which sounds very obvious. But also in the way that Greg talks about how, you know, you lean into story, right? Like yeah. you love character development. You love say, you you love experiencing games. I remember you describing Last of Us Part 2 as being like this good book that you can get into and like, you know, you're invested from beginning to end. Uh, I'm sure plenty of people would look at you and go, well, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is about to come out. That's about to have a fantastic fantastic story. Or I'm sure there's like plenty of games on the Switch right now that people would point to, but still wouldn't speak to Greg Miller because I think when it when you boil it down to the design ethos of what Nintendo goes for a lot of the time and what games designed for the Switch go for a lot of the time, like a lot of times they're speaking to the nerds that are not the same kind of nerd as Greg Miller. Sure. Like I I play a lot of the say or I I have played a lot of the same like games on the PlayStation side, right? As you, Greg Miller, because we're on PS Love You and we're going through all these things. Check it out. Uh, every going through Friday. all like these, these, these out every Friday morning. Um, going through like PlayStation first party games and action games and all these things, right? And Gardens of the Galaxy is a game that I played through. I actually didn't finish it. I probably played like 80% of it, got there and was like, I can't do this anymore because this gameplay setup bores me. Um, and I, I think that's a common, that's a combination of, Guardians of the Galaxy not necessarily being the cream of the crop of that type of third-person action game. Like, it has a great story, has great characters, great visuals, all that stuff. The gameplay bored me. But then also, like, I'm not somebody who naturally wants to get into Assassin's Creed. Even Ghost of Tsushima, that type of game, is not an automatic type of game that I want to flock to. The reason why I got super into Ghost of Tsushima is just because that game was fantastic. But generally, when it comes to an open-world, third-person, Far Cry type of game, or even a Dying Light type of game, typically, I am not looking forward and to And you're those saying all these things, things. like, my eyes are lighting up. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah let's like, go. Greg is like, oh, fuck, like, the synapses are firing. Um, but I think that comes back to why you're such a trophy person and I'm not, yeah. right? Like, you like uh, that completionist energy. You like going through searching for stuff, like taking a world in, finding what's behind the corners and all that shit, right? You like getting a platinum and popping that stuff. I like... You fighting like people in fighting games, games, right? Like, well, Greg, are you talking about Greg? Or, or... No, I was just, I was, I was popping off at Greg. It reminded oh, okay, me of the one God. time we did Bless Who Blessing, uh, or we did a, a kind of feudy, kind of feudy, where yeah, yeah, yeah. the topic Jeff was Rob. what name a name a Greg game, <laughs> and we were all just name a game that Greg evangelizes, and we you know we went through our I mean, patapons and stuff, and then it was Jeff Grubb's server, and he was like. <sighs> Let's see. What's a bad game? <laughs> it got me real good. It no, got me good. Real. That was funny. But yeah, like I think there's there's often times where those wires cross, and like Greg will get into it. And like I know Greg loved fucking like are you enjoy Final Fantasy VII remake? Oh and yeah, you, no, like, I loved it. I you loved know, it. Yeah, you sure. loved uh, Breath of the Wild and all that stuff. And I don't know if those are natural Greg games by any means. And there are times where I love those the like the games that I'm talking about uh, as well. But yeah, like the Switch, I think is just aimed toward. An entirely different audience and i think that audience for the most part enjoys that output but then i also look at the output right now and switch right now reminds uh, kind of reminds me of where 
Marvel is right now with the MCU in terms of we've experienced Infinity War, we've experienced Endgame, and now here's just a bunch of stuff that we're throwing at a wall, and we'll see if some of this sticks, right? No Way Home was fucking dope, but then, like, not everybody likes Eternals, and not everybody likes Doctor Strange, but you guys like WandaVision, right? Yeah, pretty much, and, like, you know, it's kind of all over the place. I went to Nintendo's um, website. If you go to Nintendo.com slash SG slash schedule, they have, like, a release schedule for the rest of the year, and going through it, Starting in June, it's Mario Strikers Battle League, Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Splatoon 3, Pokemon Scarlet, uh, and Pokemon Violet, and then Bayonetta 3. And it's like, that is a specific group of people that are right. playing those video games. Like, I don't know if any of those are going to be Greg Miller hits, Andy Cortez hits, or even Blessing hits. Uh, actually, I might enjoy Bayonetta 3 because the half-naked women thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think Nintendo is kind of in an odd place with their releases where it feels like they're in between phases. You know, they're not released the Mario Odyssey 2s. Like, the Breath of the Wild 2s sure. are still are still coming up. Like, there's a lot of sequels that I think we're, we're still sitting on and a lot of exciting stuff that they're still, still sitting on because they're between um, a lot of studios making games right now. That makes sense. Step it up, Nintendo. Well, no, it's one of those... I, again, like, I think it's a very much... This is an interesting topic for us and, and me, right, from where I'm feeling of the fact that I just don't turn on my Switch, like ever and i guess i turn on download stuff and i really play stuff on it and like you know blessing with the steam deck and amy just where you are as a pc gamer but like if you know we all feel like we're all it all sounds like we're all like yeah and i'm on the switch right but the, in response to the tweet like overwhelmingly everybody was down right on it like they liked it uh, nate fletcher said i am in love I, I, are you in love i am i just bought the oled and it's totally changed my handheld experience for me games look like they have an actual visual upgrade um what is it? Yeah, I, I found a new... This is Bry. I found a new love uh, for it after Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition released, uh, which led me to play 2 and Torna, and now I want it in pure... And now I wait in pure anticipation for 3. Prior to that, I wasn't too much a fan of it. Uh, KJ Roden said, Even though I'm more of a PlayStation guy, my Switch is my favorite console, mainly because of how convenient it is to play a lot of fun games on the go, like when I'm riding the subway or waiting for a doctor's appointment. Again, like, I think that's such a great... It's The way people talk, like... The Switch reminds me, stick with me, in so many ways of the way my PSP re reviews read. Right? I, I, when I was covering PSP for IGN, like all my reviews were about being on the train or waiting for something. And people, and I, people from the Midwest would read this where I, you know, I came from and just be like, I, don't, I didn't buy a PSP because I just don't, I don't go anywhere. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm going somewhere, I'm in my car and then I'm there. Yeah. I'm not like, I don't need to kill time. I'm not on a plane. I don't need to go do this. It's just not what it's about for me which I thought was an interesting way of like, oh, right. Like it's all about use cases with it. And I think, again, it'd be very interesting if the pandemic hadn't happened, how much I'd still be using my switch or if I would, you know, hopefully would have gotten a steam deck faster and would have turned over quicker. Blessing. Do you yeah, think you, we, oh, if, go for it. Well, yeah, when it comes to just portability and if the pandemic hadn't hit and I likely would have been traveling more, um, I would have definitely had a lot more situations where I'm going, ah, do I get that on switch? Do I get it on? Yeah this other device you know and uh, i i would battle with that often back in the day and just i just haven't had to give that a second thought at all recently do you think part of it too is the what our roles are as people who keep up with video games and play them for work and we're on to the next thing constantly in terms of the next video game releases versus what probably a lot of the audience experiences with the nintendo switch well which is the switch being this evergreen system with evergreen games and so, like, you pick up a Switch right now, and it is cool. I can go back and buy Mario Odyssey, because sure. Mario Odyssey is always a game that's going to be in vogue, or Mario Kart, or, or Zelda, and the list goes on, or Animal Crossing, right? Like, you know, I the 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 
for the way we play games, right? I think we get excited about what's going on with PlayStation because we have Last of Us Part 1 on the horizon. No pun intended with the horizon thing. But then we, we're coming off of Horizon, right? And, like, after Last of Us Part 1, it'll be God of War Ragnarok. And after that, it's going to be Spider-Man 2. And there's always a big juggernaut that we know we can look forward to that is that you know there, there always feels like there's something big and exciting even on xbox with xbox game pass they're starting to have that now too where it sure. is oh man this fall on game pass you're gonna get xyz thing you're gonna get persona 5 royal you're gonna get this you're gonna get that whereas on the switch so many people are experiencing it as no i am playing mario kart still i am playing mario odyssey still i am playing WarioWare or any of these franchises that that are bringing back the games that you loved from your childhood and it is this constant uh like the 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 same games selling uh like you know juggernaut sales numbers because they're sticking around so long i definitely think it comes down to use cases and who you are and what you're expecting and how you play right because again like so many of the people who wrote in uh to respond to the question were very much like uh either yes i'm in love with it or no i'm not in love with it but it doesn't matter because i only bought it for exclusivity right i bought it for uh the nintendo Mm. games michael elliott wrote in uh, i was personally never in love with it it's a platform i have to i have to own for metroid and zelda i imagine it's great for mobile gaming but i don't do that either so it's like doubling down on what we already said right but it is this idea that like my my switch experience is the tent poles it is the cart, it is the Odyssey, it is the, the Zelda, right? The franchises that matter to me and Animal Crossing. And so in that respect, like, I'm totally satisfied with what I bought. Like, and I think especially for Nintendo fans coming off of Wii U, right? God, they've got to be so happy because guess what? You have an amazing piece of hardware, an awesome idea for it to be, you know, portable or go. You have the tentpole stuff you imagined, and they're all great so far, with the exception of all the sports games. God damn it. Uh, and then on top of that, you have these great indies. You have third-party support. You have a system that's sold well, so it is getting all these different things. And again, if you're that Nintendo fan and that's what you're drawn to, those kind of t- type of games, then fuck yeah. It's got to be all systems go. And then to your point, Blessing, yeah, it is like people usually you know don't consume games the way we consume games which is get it for a week it's all you do you talk about it you hit the review embargo or you know you talk after the fact and then you move on to the next thing unless it's something special right unless it's like and i guess it's still in the window but unless it's something like you guys with neon white of chasing leaderboard scores and sharing that online and doing these different things like i i think part of i think part of it for me greg also just it kind of echoing something you mentioned earlier with uh wanting to stick and assuming you're going to stick with your steam deck is that a lot of these in my mind i could be completely wrong but in my mind a lot of these newer indie titles uh-huh. are getting their steam releases first of course. and mm-hmm. when it, I mean, I what do you see of, every time right andy it's this is here's this hot cool indie and it's coming to steam and then it's like the roll it's like the rolodex yeah like is it going to be xbox playstation or switch who's got the exclusive launch of it and when it does come to those, it'll be seven months later or five months later or a month later or whatever. Yeah. And that, that seems Still to be Still waiting on To the Rescue on Switch, right? Like, I had been so excited for this dog and shelter yeah. simulator. And then they, when they got ready for launch, they're like, it's just going to be PC. It'll get there eventually. And that seems to be pretty common. And when I think of indies that are going to Switch, I think of shitty bloatware. Like, I'm sorry. That's just how I feel whenever I hear what's coming to mom and grab shops on kind of funny games daily it's always just a lot of shitty bloatware oh and a really kind of standout indie title that you all might be interested in but for the most part Mm -hmm. it is it feels like a lot of cheap mobile games that are getting hit there so that they could just try to make as many sales as possible and it's a four dollar game 
And it's that's kind of just it sucks that that's how I feel about it. But that's that's just kind of the reality for me when I think of indies that are coming out that are things you need to wish list on Steam. It is, in my eyes, usually a developer who is wanting to get showcased on Steam Next Fest and maybe trying to be that next breakout Hades title or inscription or something like that. And when I think of Switch Indies, I think of the complete opposite experience where it's just quantity, quantity, quantity over quality. Yeah, I, I it's the Switch Indie thing is so is so interesting because I think there's a bit of both you know there's like so much blow like as we were talking to india went on the switch store just to see what it looks like on recent releases because you know we do have those days often on, on khd where it is what the fuck are these games like these, this is a generator that we're going through and even as i look right like you know the game in recent releases it has uh, portal the companion collection which is which came out today a game called lil noah selling of paradise which looks like some random uh Oh, actually, it looks like a 2D action game. It looks interesting, actually. Never mind. Uh, but yeah, Bur- <laughs> Bur- you know what? I just found a great Switch indie, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I mean, I might purchase this. Uh, there's a game called Squish. There's Key and Android Survive. But then you have Casual Gaming Bundle. Uh, and then there's a Retro Racing Bundle. These games look garbage. Family Bundle. And then, like, a bunch of games that look like that, right? But then you get Fire Memorials, Three Houses. You get Capcom Fighting and Collection. You get AI, the Somnium Files. And then you kind of get back to a lot of obs- obscure games again. Um but like when it comes to that they the switch i think does have the indies that matter the most in terms of the ones that are really going to hit like when i when i talk to people about playing Hades right if i'm talking to a friend who may not be a, a, a super gamer like like you and me are andy you know they might not be super in, in, ingrained in the ecosystem <laughs> i mean me and andy are out there grinding the yeah. on white i don't see you playing the on white greg i'm sorry that's not a great game at all <laughs> yeah exactly Could uh be. Maybe it could be, you know, get on mouse and keyboard, Greg. Let's both get into it, you know. <laughs> I would love it if Bless is just like, get the fuck on mouse and keyboard, Greg. Yeah, what Greg. are you thinking? <laughs> Let's do it. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going with. Oh, no, but like if I ask a random person, right, who might casually be in video games, oh, you're playing Hades? Oh, what are you playing Hades on? Oh, I'm playing it on Switch. You know, like that is, I think that is going to come up as an uh, as a for sure common kind of answer for those types of games. Like the indie games that you're thinking of as the bit, like the Celeste of the world, the bit, like the big indie games that make their way to Switch, that bumps up the library i think enough for the people that are pretty much primarily there for the first party stuff to then extend their way and play those games that i that audience for the most part is sustained of course that audience is always asking for more because i think we're all always asking for more and the switch compared to any other platform i think tends to mess out on primarily like big triple a third party stuff but then uh, like you're talking about the indies that come to switch or come to pc first because pc is that open platform where it's easy to develop for it's easy to get stuff on there compared to anything else sure um the switch i think does its job well enough that for the most part it's fine right and like who knows i think a year from now if we're still in the same place that becomes a problem of Okay, no, we're for real. Where are the Switch games? Like, what is going on here? Um, but I think they get enough of the the indies that matter that it's not as as big of an issue. I, I think vis. I think my problem with it is also just store moderation and visibility. Mm. And whenever there's an indie title that pops off on PC, you're going to hear about it from a lot of different outlets. If it kind of shocks a lot of people, and it's like, holy shit, this is like a must play indie title from this unknown developer. When it's on. I, I look at the Switch mobile store like the way I look at when I open the Android app store. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the sort of comparison I'm thinking where I just think this is going to be this is a two dollar cash grab with a bunch of like microtransactions or something like that. Like that's a level of quality I look at 
where I don't think that the store necessarily has a whole lot of um, moderation and trying to filter the, the best yeah, stuff like to the curation. top. And you feel Steam yeah. does. I, th I think when an indie title breaks out, it's easier for me to hear about it on Steam. I think you can open up the Steam store and just see a bunch of bullshit like you would on on the Nintendo store. As a non first off, I'm sorry, I want you to keep going, but as a non PC player, I turn on Steam and I'm overwhelmed and I'm just like, what the fuck? There's so much shit that's out all over the place and it's usually some fucking World War simulator. <laughs> I don't know the fuck's going yeah. on. Like, but to the, to, on the flip flop, as somebody who looks at the eShop way more and is in the eShop, the eShop also is just like. Here's a whole bunch of fucking shit. Here's a fire hose of content, and here's a whole bunch of stuff we pinned. And one two switch is still fifty fucking dollars. Here you like, <laughs> I mean, for for like inside baseball, right? Like when we're, we're we we do KFTD and we're putting together the doc. There's a, a write up that Zach Wisen at Kotaku does called uh, This Week in Gaming. Sometimes does. Sometimes does. Every now and then he does. Zach. <laughs> Every now and then he doesn't do it, and I what I do is I go on Steam and I look at like okay what are the recently released games? What games came out today? And I organize by date, and it is a bunch of garbage. It is like <laughs> what the fuck are any of these games? Like these aren't these can't be real games. Yeah. These are like fucking five cents each, um, like stuff like that. Where it's like holy shit, I can't believe you guys are putting this on here. Yeah, uh, I, I guess when I go to the eShop, I when I open the feature tab, there's going to be Nintendo exclusives and there's going to be third party titles that I already know about. And when I open Steam and I see, like, the new and noteworthy section where it is that's good curated point. sections of brand new indie titles or stuff that's on sale that maybe came out last year that just completely passed me by. And I see a genre that I'm, I'm interested in. It just feels like I'm getting less of the bloat near the top uh, in on the Steam store. Gotcha. That's very fair. And Steam also has things like Steam Next Fest, which I think takes it to uh, another level. And I wish Nintendo and even Xbox and um, PlayStation. Uh, uh, Xbox has has like some stuff like that. PlayStation and Switch in particular, I wish they did more stuff like the Steam Next Fest because that's been really great for me in Discovery. Um, and for those who don't know what Steam Next Fest is, it's legit like just a, hey, here's a bunch of games that are coming to the platform that look dope as fuck and they all have demos. Come through, play the demos. Um, Switch, uh, Switch especially for what we're talking about, I think could use that level of curation because I do see the same, the same exact thing. I feel like if I'm looking for new indie games that are coming to the Switch platform, usually I'll just organize by best selling. And yeah. like any of the notable uh, indie games usually pop up on there, but it's not it's not always right. Like it's so easy to miss miss out on exciting stuff on there. Yeah, I'm just opening up the Steam store. I just looked at the you know the. I, lo I love their logos right now for this Steam 3000 summer sale. I think I want to. They're having a lot of fun over here. Yeah, there's always usually like some kind of cool sale. But here going it is. On yeah, Steam. I mean, why wouldn't I want to go play Europa Universalis Four? Knock it off with all this stuff. You know what I mean? Make real games about Spider-Man. That's what you got to do. Makes me sick. To the other summer. day, the other day they did have the uh, before Steam Next Fest. They had a uh, a section where all the I think it was like this, the season of Rogue or the something of Rogue, where it was just like, hey, here's a bunch of really popular roguelites or Metroidvanias or Souls-likes. And it was just kind of like, we're showcasing this genre for about a week and a half. And here's all these titles that if you are interested, I just feel like they do a much better job of having events, like you were mentioning, Bless, like Steam mm -hmm. Next Fest, um, or even like the Steam Summer Sales. There's always just kind of 
some titles that you may have had an eye on two years ago and now you're like oh shit that's on sale now i, I do want to buy the raft this you know that survival game where you're on a sure. raft and sh sharks mm -hmm. are trying to eat you and shit i just feel like less of the less of the bloat gets filtered towards the top on steam i will say i am ready for a switch i, I feel like i feel kind of kind of scared to say these words actually but i'll say it anyway because i'm brave uh switch pro I, I, like some next iteration of the switch because yeah, i'm at cool. the point I'm at, it has to be coming and i'm at the point where i'm like i don't know what to ask for anymore in terms of new switch games like obviously i'm asking for metroid prime 4 and i'm sure. asking for the return of earthbound and there are the more niche stuff that i have the request for but in terms of the big nintendo games i feel like all of them are out like we just got mario strikers like what else can you give me in terms of the big stuff that you'd expect to come to the platform and i think that kind of comes back to the how tired uh i think I, I am when it comes to the way these games run and the way these games look it just feels like it's time to refresh and then but even if they refresh the cool it right like the next those. switch isn't gonna like nintendo's not gonna uh, we've learned this time and time again they're the next switch isn't gonna like be here is great online here's you know our, our game is really adapting it's not gonna be hey here are stunning visuals for every nintendo game they'll they'll even though they'll look better than the switch currently they'll still be like we're sticking with that nintendo art style or whatever god why though i mean i don't mind the uh, i <laughs> i don't mind the art style i think when nintendo is at their best their games look gorgeous it's like when i i think odyssey is still one of the best looking games because i just think when the hardware is in the right hands a lot can be done with it but sometimes you get you know crappy mario golf looking games and that that game will just for, has forever scarred me with like how can a Nintendo game look like this when we've had so many gorgeous titles and Kirby Forgotten Land looks amazing. Like that's another title that I feel like when the Switch hardware is in the right hands, things can look great. I don't really mind much about the art style. Just give me a higher res and, and 60 frames. Like I'm not, hey, I think that's the thing I care about more. I don't need ray tracing. I don't, I'm not trying to play the next latest gen game i would love to open up breath of the wild on my switch and have it run in 60 frames at 1440p or something like that yeah i don't need i don't need you know 60 fps 4k ray tracing on the switch i just need like i need i need to not see the jaggies on the characters right i don't need to i don't need to see the jagged edges you know i want i i think just a bit more power to like kind of bring it up to a an acceptable place now that we are on now that we have so much tech that has pushed way beyond what the switch is doing i think just a little bit of catch up would go a long way a little, little bit of juice plus a little a little, a little bit of juice and you know i don't think the next iteration of the all the games that we get at every generation for nintendo i don't think the next iterations of breath of the wild or uh or i should say zelda actually the next iteration of zelda or mario or mario kart or whatever needs to have tech be the driver for this is why we're putting out the the next iteration uh, here's mario kart but now it's in 4k like i don't need that as the selling point give me a mario game with a new art style give me a mario kart that has different mechanics or whatever and you know if, if the if technically it feels just a minor step forward at least a step forward for me and for me that's uh, that's about enough uh for what the, the 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 switch is but even though steam deck i think has proven the the power you can put into something handheld and i'm sure nintendo doesn't want to make their next handheld as fat as the steam deck but hey they I don't, don't care about like power they never have that won't be their yeah. thing that what's that's what won't want to be I will say, well, not to mention, they're not going to turn their back on the Switch install base right now. Yeah, oh, yeah keep making games for that Switch. So it's like, yeah, it can only look so much better on whatever the next thing is. I will say, after not picking up my Switch for a while, because I've been on the Steam Deck train for the last few months, yeah. uh, picking up my Switch, just messing around with it for this episode, 
man, this thing, I, I fucking love the Switch. Just like in terms of design. Because this shit, this, this is just a fucking tablet. You said it this time, you weren't in love anymore. And then you're like, I love the Switch. Yeah, and, well, I guess, you know, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship. It's whatever, whatever he tells... <laughs> Blessing first got the Steam Deck, he was like, man, I pick up the Steam Deck. Like, God, the Nintendo Switch feels like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, now that it's been so long, I pick it up and I'm like, oh man, this is fucking I miss cool. you. As yeah. someone who's, I miss you. Grass is always greener, bless. As someone whose Steam Deck is in the mail right now and on the way and will be delivered shortly. Uh, I think what I found really interesting, bless, when you let me grab your Steam Deck, uh, and this goes out to everybody who hasn't grabbed a Steam Deck yet, wow. was how it didn't feel super heavy. Like people had made it out, yeah. oh man, it's, it's heavier than the Switch. It's gonna And like when I grabbed it off from you at the airport, I was like, oh shit, fuck, this ain't nothing. Yeah, no, it's not that bad. I think it's bulky, but it's not, yeah. you know. It's not a huge piece of machinery by any means. Ladies and gentlemen, we're excited to see you hate us in the comments for if you're still in love with your Nintendo Switch. But let us know. Every different strokes for different folks. You know how it is over there. Uh, but if you didn't know, you could also go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you, of course, could write in to be part of the show. You, of course, could be live in the chat like Bander SN is right now. You, of course, get the post show we're going to do after this. But most importantly for right now, you could get the show ad free. But guess what, Jack? You're not listening on Patreon.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. So here's a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by something Tim literally uses every day. AG1. Tim's birthday is June 30th, and he decided to give himself the gift of taking care of his body with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things! Tim mixes AG1 with his water, loves the taste, and says he's feeling better than ever. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Blessing, Andy, Greg. Greg. We have all been playing a little game called Cult of the Lamb. Andy, do you like Cult of the Lamb? Yes. Expound. Well, you guys have these preview codes what's up with that how do i get that what the hell how did you play call the lame i just downloaded a demo well, it was steam like next fest demo it seems like it's fine for them you played it fine how much because uh, how much have, have you played greg and andy i i i just got in before this i've always had my eye on it and then when you guys were both like oh let's preview call the lamb at the second half of the show i was like oh shit so i downloaded my code and got in and started playing it so i've only done like i've done the through the intro i've got my cult I, I've started, you know, oh, yeah. I chopped up the tree, I made them food, and then I went out to go get more cult members, and I'm, I'm so on you, the first run of that. I'm super early. So, Greg, so you full-tinned back your cult guy. members mm-hmm. to work on Mother Base. Yeah. Isn't oh, it the wow. No, I didn't see it. No. Okay, I'll bring it up over here. Hold on. You can keep going. This Don't stop the show. For okay. Me. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved this game. Um, I only was able to play the demo, and I thought it was a scripted death when I lost to the first boss. Uh, and then Clara, one of the PR uh, people, told me that, no, it's not a scripted death. You just died. So that kind of oh, broke my heart. So but this game, um, 
In the same way that Rogue Legacy 2 really surprised me with having some of the tightest controls 2D-wise, this game feels so clean and smooth to control in that 3D space. Um, it is a isometric sort of top-down game. It's sort of played at like a three-quarters view. Art, like style, art style, incredibly unique. Like you are essentially just these 2D cutouts on a 3D sort of plain world. Um, imagine like a non-pixelated version of uh, Triangle Strategy or something like that, or Octopath Traveler or whatever. Sure. Um, the art style is just like super crisp, really nice, easy on the eyes, uh, really awesome concept of you are essentially, you, you were killed and you were brought back to life by a, this devil who's like, hey, devil. We're going to put you back on Earth uh, because I want you to build a cult in my name. And you save somebody who's in trouble, and then that person becomes your first sort of devoted member of your cult. And this and is, if everybody's watching, this is my first cultist right here. Named Amanda Cortez. Oh, oh really? you've been doing that too? I've been doing the same thing. I, I, named, I named my first cultist Bitch-Ass Greg. Oh, well, so, wow. fuck, Greg Getty's going to be pretty pissed well, about it, that it, when he finds out. We should probably call him right now and let him know. Who <laughs> <laughs> no, um, cool Greg would take that too seriously if I did that? <laughs> Andy did what? Um, <laughs> I, it, it was so damn cool to bring back the little dude home, and then you're essentially building a home base, much like Mother Base in, in Metal Gear. You're full-tending back your little members, and you're sending them back to chop down trees and build a little uh, a place to make food so that you could eventually feed your cult members. You have to kind of resource manage and keep everything working back at your home base while also adventuring and uh, going out into the world and essentially dealing with this sort of roguelite boss rush area where you're going through different rooms. And this room, I could go straight to the boss or I could go to this room that might have an upgrade that could upgrade this one ability to the next thing, which then gives me more damage and firepower. Or, or there's another ability here that I prefer to the one I have right now. It has those roguelite hooks, but with the sort of uh, added system of a home base kind of um, manager builder, it's just really dope. And I was really bummed out when the demo ended because I, I just want the game to be out right now. Bussy, you feeling the same way? Yeah, I absolutely adore it, right? I, I put in... Almost three hours into the build uh, that we got for the with the with the preview codes, uh, and it's funny because I on PS Love UXOXO I have been talking a lot about Dark Cloud over the years and how man Sony Japan Studio whoever should bring back Dark Cloud because Dark Cloud would be such a hit in 2022 when you're talking about how big roguelites have become in the last few years when you're talking about how big games like Animal Crossing and a lot of other semi type games have become. There is every single reason to bring back Dark Cloud, which is a game that is half roguelite and then ha the other half is building a town, talking to people in your town, finding resources, all that stuff, yada, yada. A modern version of that, I've been talking about how that would be a banger, and Cult of the Lamb is basically just that. Uh, and it's like obviously very different from Dark Cloud, different systems, like, but it, at its core, it is, hey, here's half roguelite where you're going, you're going into these dungeons, you're fighting through, you're completing challenges, but you're also finding coins you're finding villagers you're finding uh, uh resources to bring back to your coal and and then yeah the other half of the game is you being in your coal and like managing it and building up structures and uh preaching sermons for some reason and like doing all of the semi elements of stuff that usually in any other game wouldn't hit for me because i am not a, a sim kind of person for the most part again like i do like dark cloud but that was even less than me than what this game is sure um but in this game is doing it for me 
and I think that's partly because the cult um, theme is really fun and kind of ridiculous in ways that uh, I think really make it work. You know, you're playing as a, as a lamb. That's why it's called Cult of the Lamb, because you are the lamb that is leading this cult. And then eventually you can name your cult, and I named my cult Blessings Cult. Um, of course, because you have to. Um, I've been finding ways to, you know, have some meta fun with it. So I've been naming all of my uh, uh, my cultists after people I know and friends. You got and so to. I have one. Yeah, that's how you got to do it. Like when you played NHL '94, you built your team with everybody on it. I've seen so many people do that with XCOM, and I'm like, oh, I want to do that sometime. And this game seems like the game to do it in. And so, like, you know, I've named Don't Tell Barrett this. I named one of them Bear Bear, and I named one of them Raj, and I named like another one Sarah and Yusef and Melinda. I'll eventually get around to naming some Greg and Andy. Don't worry, guys, I got you. Um, but yeah, like I've been having that level of fun with it, where I'm going through. I am talking to my different uh, cultists, taking on missions that then adjust your relationship with those cultists. And so, like, the more you fulfill their objectives, or the more you like you know um uh give them blessings or whatever that then helps increase that relationship to keep that cultist around i don't know what the i don't know how far that goes i think cultists can die cultists can turn on other cultists it seems like but i've right. not taken those systems well yeah because the they can starve degree. right that's one of the things you have to keep them fed yeah. so you have to go ahead and you have to keep the fire going you have to make the thing you have to do this stuff exactly and yeah like i'm i really i'm really enjoying it you know it is such a uh, great art style and the the characters are really adorable which again I think adds a lot to it having this really dark you know fucked up culty but also comedy driven tone to it uh, which really appeals to me and then yeah the dungeon crawling is really fun uh, I think it feels really good really good to play the uh, it's difficult at points but for the most part I've not been struggling too much I think I've died maybe like twice and out out of the maybe seven ish runs that I've done. Okay. Uh, but now with the build I have, I think I'm locked out because at, at some point the game is just like, all right, stop. You play too much. This is a demo. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, dem- the, the codes we got do have a lock on them, but the saves will transfer over, which is nice. Yeah, but I've been I, enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I just wanted to hop in before Please. Greg goes, but I was very, I, I was just um, really happy that this game sort of lived up to what the vibe that it gave off visually for sure. um because you know, that can happen a lot you know we, we'll see a trailer for a game and it looks like oh wow this indie title is going to hit in a big way and then sometimes it just doesn't deliver and this game delivered tenfold which is has me so excited that not only did it present well in this presentation and it had this neat art style that we said oh that's a cute little concept i wonder you know if this is more uh, style or substance, and it seems to be a perfect combination of both. Yeah, I, you know, again, I'm I, I'm right there with you, Andy. That's a great way to put it for my first blush of like thirty or forty minutes with it. Probably thirty. Uh, it was like, yeah, I'm. I started playing. I'm like, oh, is this going to be another one where, again, a Greg game, right? Where I, I like the style and I like the art, but the gameplay doesn't get me. But like. Once I got through and, you know, I fought the first thing and I had the dodge roll, I fought all the guys, and then I got back to, and had the cultist. I was like, oh, shit. When it, when it was like, oh, it's it going to be like Peace Walker. Yeah. It's going to be like yeah. fulton these guys. Oh, shit. And then you get there, and then it's like Animal Crossing of build out your town. And like, oh, well, you can only put the fire pit on these, you know, tiled areas as you figure it out. I'm like, oh, if I can see me so, super getting into this and building this place out. And then, you know, even look ahead on what, you know, I haven't played, but I've seen other people doing of like, you know, navigating the different ways, right? Where you clear a room and the door opens and then it's like, well, do you want to go this way or that way? And like, you have to look at what resources you need or what might be the thing you get from that next area. You go there and you do that. And then there's the thing where it's like flipping cards, which can give you, you know, more health or give you something else. And there's the different weapons and all this stuff. Like there's so many layers to it that it reminds me, not in terms of 
the style at all, but in terms of some of the mechanics I'm seeing of Bastion, and I love Bastion so much from Supergiant, and I know that's something that obviously has been carried over to many of their games, and a billion other games too, but having this little world, building your little town, having ownership over that, naming everybody after people, I think is really going to get me into it. Thousand percent, yeah. Um, what do you all, like, obviously this game comes out in... Uh, August 11th. August 11th. Where do you all see this kind of ending up on your top 10, top 5? It's, uh, it's so early to say, because I, I, I think part of what's going to take this game further for me is the longevity of it. It feels like a game that you're supposed to stick with and come back to in the way that you come back to an Animal Crossing and put in maybe 20 hours, 30 hours, 40 hours, and beyond if, uh, beyond if you uh, feel super hooked uh, into it in that way. I will say, I, I, my one thing that currently is holding it back for me in my preview is the when you know greg was talking about some of the systems in there as far as the roguelite stuff and choosing which way you want to go and the upgrade systems and all that stuff a lot of it feels very hades in a great way but also in a way where i compare it to hades in my head and hades felt way more deep with those systems in a way where cult of the lamb after the three hours I could I I could see places where I'm like, oh man, I wish I wish like there was more here in terms of the sure. rooms I'm exploring and more stuff to discover in the rooms or more secrets or more like I wish there was more, I guess overall in the in the in the roguelite segments of it. It feels like that stuff is meant to be bite-sized. Uh like the longest I think it's really taken me to get through any of the roguelite uh runs um through the forest has been like maybe 10 minutes or so, which is great for if you're the sim kind of person and you're just like, cool, let me do a quick run to then bring stuff back. I think it's great for that, but if you're a roguelike person like me, I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of and that. And that's what's going to be interesting, is because I am the sim person of it, right? And what mm -hmm. it reminds me, of, uh, of, not a lot of, but similar to, is Moonlighter. Which, of course, if you remember the kind of funny Reddit had totally pegged as, hey, this is a Greg-ass game, and he missed it. And so when I, and this is years ago now, when I got into Moonlighter on my Switch, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing of going into the dungeons, battling, killing things, then bringing out the the things I, I the, the monsters and things I killed there and putting them into my shop and selling it. So I was moonlighting as an adventurer, but I was really running a shop. And I fucking adored that. But the gameplay of going into the dungeons did get punishing and it was there you know it would be for a while of like it really was you know fucking stomping you until you had that moment of you've gotten the right build or you've gotten the right buff and you go in there and you get to really tear shit up and get what you want and come out and sell it that way so it's going to be fascinating because that's such an interesting balance if it goes the other way with this where it's more leaning towards build your town for your or your build your cult land for the your followers and yada 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 and if that is awesome and then if the gameplay is good, but it isn't super punishing, if the gameplay is hmm. fun, like, where does that go? Where it like might burn you out, but it'll be super addictive for me to keep going in there and build out my town because that's what I want. And that's the thing is, I'm... I, I, as we're talking about it, I can see how this would appeal to that certain audience that you're talking about, Greg, where, for me, for a game like this, I want to... I want to beat this game in like a week or two, right? I want to get in there, do sure. the runs, build my cult, and be like, oh, man, cool, I did the damn thing. I fucking... I fucked up this roguelite, and I killed it. Whereas... I could see the the going for a hit a day approach working way better if you're playing it for let's say two months or whatever, but you're coming in every single yeah. day to do one or two runs, which might run you like fifteen to twenty minutes. Come back to your cult, you know, do all the sim stuff, right? Build some or mine some uh, rocks, build some trees. I don't know how this shit works. <laughs> <laughs> Preach a sermon and then like be like, oh, I'm done for the day. I did all I did all my uh, responsibilities. You put it down, wake up the next day and do it all over again. I think for that type of player, which I assume is, might be more uh, your style of maybe wanting to play this game, that might be a hit. Whereas yeah. for me, wanting to maybe go through it in a week or two, I can see myself kind of getting bored, bored with it, playing it that way. 
Well, August 11th, not that far off. Of course, it's coming to literally everything. Cult of the Lamb, published by Devolver, made by Massive Monster. And that isn't the only preview you have for you today. Bless, or I'm sorry, uh, Andy, you want to play, you want to talk about the Cycle Frontier? Yeah, just really quickly, because the Cycle Frontier has been out uh, since June 8th. I believe that's kind of when it hit its who knows with beta and 1.0 releases and all this sort of stuff but cycle frontier is a pc game developed and published by jaeger and the cycle frontier is in my opinion unapproachable escape from tarkov okay it Hmm. looks like fortnite has that really nice sort of cartoony not too cartoony style with a really neat world, uh, very alien, very... Uh, you're basically like in an alien-like jungle. But the audio is fantastic. Um, you have this sort of home base when you're back home. It's a first-person shooter. But the way it works is um, when you spawn into the game, you are essentially in a gigantic kind of home base area where there are a lot of mini objectives you can go get from the three different factions in the world. Like one of them is like a weapons dealer. Another one is a whatever dealer. And they all kind of give you little mini missions that you can then go out forth and uh, try to find those three flowers or try to kill five of those animals or whatever. Um, But while you do that, there are other players trying to likely do the same thing. Or maybe they're further along than you. Or maybe they're just players that are assholes that want to pick on uh, lower level players um but essentially when you go out there it's you going out there by yourself or you going out there with friends it's a pve pvp type game sometimes you don't talk to people when i played with mike the other day on the kind of funny stream uh there are three different moments where we ran into other players where you use proximity chat and one guy was like please don't kill me man i'm just trying to get these things I, I, I don't want to get killed. I, I don't have any weapons. Please don't kill me. And Michael's like, Andy, uh, ask him if he's got those flowers. And I was like, hey, man, you got these flowers? And he's like, yeah, bro, yeah, take them all. Take them all. I, I, please, I don't want to die. I don't want to die right now. And we're like, all right, man. And I took the flowers. like, you're a hero, bro. Thanks, man. And we just peaced out. And we're like, oh, I really hope he doesn't come back to kill us with a friend later or something like that. But That's it has awesome. all those really thrilling, daisy-like interactions that I hadn't had in a PC game in a long time. When you even think about PUBG and having their sort of uh, tech or their proximity chat, um, there's a couple of bad guys, other enemy players that will uh, shoot at you and they don't say anything and you just kind of fire back and hopefully you will win. But those really kind of thrilling moments where you're really close to your evac spot, you want to get to the evac spot without dying and you want to leave with the... Uh, the things you sought out to get, the the five flowers or the sure, animal sure, sure. bones or the pieces of metal or whatever. It's kind of like and extraction and division for when you're in the dark zone. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's like the dark zone. Um, but sometimes on the trek back, you'll see a drop pod come in. You're like, oh, fuck, that's, that's another player. I'm just going to stay here and stay quiet, and hopefully they walk by me and don't see me. Or we'll be running around. Sometimes you'll just hear like, hey, man, hey. I don't want any trouble. Please don't, please don't kill me. <laughs> and we're like, where the, who the fuck's talking to us? And we look and we find them out in the distance. And he's like, hey, man, I'm just trying to do this thing. Please. I've already been killed like four times today, man. I just want to get these pieces of metal. And we're That's like, awesome. all right, man, good shit. And they just go on their way. And it is so thrilling because, um, you know, you're a lower level. You don't know what the other players are. Sometimes you get killed by aliens. Uh, there's like these alien monsters kind of inhabiting this jungle. Um 
but it just gives you that sort of thrill when you're walking about and you have really low level weapons um and you hear gunshots you're like oh fuck somebody's near us the audio is fantastic in this game and the cool thing is if you make it out alive you can um buy weapons you can buy upgrades for the weapons attachments that has this sort of same looting system where it's the green weapon and the blue weapon and this one's purple it's better you know rarity or whatever and uh it's free to play i could see where the microtransactions can get a little paid to winish if you want to quickly upgrade your stuff and buy instead of venturing out to get those five sheets of aluminum whatever the hell that you need to get for that one faction i think the battle pass sometimes just gives you some some of those uh items um so i'm not exactly sure how bad the macrochise action situation gets but it's really fun it's got a great style to it and it gets even deeper when you're kind of back at your home base and you could walk into your residence area and um it's it kind of reminds me of like outriders in a way where outriders has a lot of menus for better or for worse and you open up a menu you're like oh i can claim something here sure, i didn't know sure, i sure. had a I don't know. I had loot to claim in this fucking screen. Let me just hit the claim button. What do I get for it? Um, I think there's like a lot going on systems wise that are that's really exciting. And the fact that it's free to play is really dope. And like, it's a game that I immediately bought the battle pass for. Oh, yeah. Like, I might have download on this. I'm looking at it right now. I could tell I want to play it and I can tell I want to get into it. And sometimes you're just doing missions and you're just fighting alien life and that's fine. But on the off chance that like, all right, we're running to the extraction spot, and then you see another extraction ship calling in, and I'm looking at Mike, and I'm like, Mike, did you call on the ship yet? Because this isn't our ship, dude. There's somebody else here. Like, it is just so exciting, and uh, yeah, I haven't really felt this way about a PC game since, like, Daisy, honestly, back in the day. It's it's really exciting, and uh, I want to definitely play some more of it. Awesome. Can't wait for it. You're streaming it tomorrow, I see, here on the calendar, so you can go to kindoffunny.com. No, uh, youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays, and you can catch the archive if you missed it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. But of course, where you should really go is patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. On Patreon, you can get each and every episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast early. How early? You can be watching live as we record it right now, just like Royal is, Louise is, and Mr. <laughs> Hawks182 is. What, what? I'm laughing at Lu- Louise quoting uh, Still Like Mike the other day because like, was, there was that moment where this guy was like, hey, man, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just please don't kill me. We're just trying to get these things. And we we're like, all right, man. All right. Uh, do you got any of these things? And the guy was like, nah, man, sorry. And we we're like, all right, cool. And we walked away. And Mike was like, damn, we're crazy, bro. We're wild. <laughs> like, <laughs> all we do is communicate. But like sometimes when you kind of impose your will, because again, this one dude that was terrified of dying, Mike started shooting him. We hunted his ass down and we found him hiding in a corner. And that's when he was like, please don't kill me, man. Please. I, I'm just trying to get out with these things. And it's like, I didn't want to be evil. And chat was rooting on Mike to kill the guy. I was like, no, don't, don't kill do him, it, Mike. Mike. <laughs> Don't, don't do it. it but it was just funny that like all we did was have a simple interaction with the dude michael's like damn we're wild bro <laughs> uh you can be wild on patreon.com slash kind of funny games too and get of course every episode of the games cast ad free and with the post show we are about to do however if you have no bucks to toss our way no big deal youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every week to see us talk about the games we love like and sometimes want more from uh if you like all that great thanks for being a fan thanks for hanging out we got a post show to do 
Sorry again about how the looks the show look, but it, hey, we got you a show. That's what mattered, right? You know, what still I mean? Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's. I've been turning Ghostbusters on and off as I went. I did an animated Kirby where I took the Kirby box art and moved that around for a while, and then I've been doing YouTube B-roll for some of it and just leaving it up. Oh. But I've been trying over he, here, man. He made the Kirby thing look like the uh, the DVD menu. Yeah, that bounces around the borders of the screen. Oh, that's, that's really what good. he did. Yeah, but the kids loved it. Ladies no, they loved it. You're an audio listener, you're missing out. Yeah, well, they knew that. I mean, they had they had suffered through my rendition rendition in the very beginning of the theme song from ten years ago. So whatever. Uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a post show to do. So until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.